Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children 18 plus, you are tuned in to the Loan Officer Podcast with me, Dustin Owen, and my main man, Jay-Z. John Coleman. Dio, what's poppin'? Well, I got this little medal right here, John, for those that are tuned in on YouTube right now. Congratulations. What is the medal for, Dustin? I was in New Orleans last weekend. Raging at Harris. I went to Harris, but just for an hour because my buddy Joey, who I was in New Orleans with, mm-hmm. despises casinos, despises gambling. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we call him now No Fun Joey. Yeah, you can wait in the lobby for me next time. Correct. But we rolled some dice. We played some blackjack. Lost some on the on the dice. Won it back on blackjack. There you go. Then we went to dinner, and that was the last we saw of Harris. No, Joey and I finally got to uh, run in a half marathon together. We started training for this back in, like, 2020, maybe. Mm. Uh, we were going to go run this rock and roll half marathon up in Nashville. It got canceled. Mm. COVID. Then we were supposed to, uh, it got postponed. Run it again. Mm-hmm. Nine, nine months later, mm. it got canceled. COVID. Mm. Then we signed up for the Disney half marathon. It didn't get canceled, but I couldn't run it. COVID. Damn. So finally, a month after being diagnosed with COVID and then recovering, mm-hmm. we flew to New Orleans. We got to run in the rock and roll half marathon. Mm-hmm. And that's my little medal they give you. Congratulations. Yeah. So that's kind of fun. I hope you bathed yeah. when you got back. Oh, we showered up. Yeah, showered up, and then we headed down to Jackson Square. Nice. It was a good time. All right. With a white claw in our hand. That's what I love about New Orleans. Mm-hmm. Like, we left the hotel room at, like, 1130. We're going to go to brunch. Mm-hmm. And Joe was like, hey, let's grab a white claw. I'm like, yeah, I guess so, because we're in New Orleans. Right. You can legit right just walk all through the French Quarter yes. with a drink in your hand. Correct. But then you can walk in and out of bars right. with that drink. Yeah, that is the rub. That is awesome. Like, I'm used to... Being at a bar and someone's like, hey, let's go somewhere else. I'm like, yeah, but I just ordered a drink. Let's finish it. To go cups all day long. I just, no, but I'm even in Florida. It's like a thing now. I got restaurants. I was at an Italian restaurant. I was like, yo, let me get a to go cup for this beer. And she was like, okay, it's a thing. But I was walking into other bars and restaurants with someone else's drink. I feel like in Florida, they'd be like, hey, you can't bring that in here. I mean, you can if you do on a coffee cup. That's what I do usually. Okay. You know. Yeah. So, yeah. So today's centerpiece for those tuned in on YouTube. Uh, is going to be my medal that I received from my from my half marathon. Yeah, I, I was proud of that. Hour 53 and 30 seconds. You average an eight and a half minute average? Like an eight minute, 40 second. That's and, at a solid pace. Yeah, that's a, well, think about this. I ran one other half marathon in my entire life. It was 10 years ago. I, I ran the Epcot Food and Wine. Mm. And I think I ran that one in like two hours and 30 minutes. Bro, what? Yeah, so I, I shaved a little bit of time off over the past decade. Nice. Uh, but yeah, what are we uh, what are we going to talk about today, John? We're going to talk about a great topic: mortgage acronyms. Mortgage acronyms. So this is going to be a fantastic episode for those that literally sell real estate for a living, mm-hmm. for those that finance real estate for a living, yep. or for anyone who is looking to purchase real estate in the next, let's say, three months to three years. Yeah. Because what I've learned throughout my twenty plus years of being a business professional, I use air quotes for that. Right. The term professional is loose, but being a business professional is that what makes an industry is having your own jargon. Oh, yeah. Like, that's what makes a profession a profession. Makes you sound smart. Maybe. I mean, but the thing about it, like, if you're in the medical field, you have your own jargon. Yes. If you are a law enforcement, you have your own jargon. Most definitely. Yeah. Well, if you're in the mortgage industry, you have your own jargon, Mm -hmm. just like in the legal field, you have your own jargon. Mm -hmm. And their jargon is typically like Latin. No sense. Yeah, or an abbreviation of Latin. So in the mortgage industry, not only do we have our own jargon, but then everything gets abbreviated. Yes. So then you show up and people are speaking in in three letter sentences. Well, in in acronyms, <laughs> yeah. right? They're teach their so we're gonna talk about these mortgage acronyms. And what's cool about this is the inspiration actually came from a group of younger professionals who in our office yep. 
we realized, and I think you found it. You're like, hey, have you seen what Sam has? I'm like, what do you know what Sam has? Well, Sam has this like printout yeah. on her corkboard yeah. of just all these acronyms. Mm -hmm. And it had been passed around and it had been scratched off or handwritten <laughs> yeah. and added to. Yeah. So you grabbed it, you spent an hour on it, you jazzed it up, then you sat down with me and I kind of put my own spin on it. Right. And um, if we're if if we can convince you, John, could you put this on our website? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So tloponline.com. Yep. John's going to have this list of acronyms mm -hmm. uh, readily available. Yeah. Now, is it going to be premium content or freemium? Do you, have you figured that out I, I yet? I think we're going to do premium for this one, but, you know, we're going to talk about it here on air. Okay. So that's what we're going to do. We're yeah. going to put something out free, yeah. which is going to be this episode, right. which you can find on Spotify. You can find right. on Apple Pod, yeah. Podcasts, Stitcher, yeah, the whole yeah, nine yards if you're listening on audio, or there's also YouTube, which... Yeah. We love YouTube. We finally hit 7,500. Yep. Um, we do hear your messages and people are like, hey, I don't know why you guys don't have more. I'm like, I don't know why we don't have more subscribers. Like, Tell a friend, thought, tell a buddy. Yes, I <laughs> thought we'd be at like 30K by now. It doesn't, does it? Well, I mean, yeah. At this point, I'm just trying to get to 10K, John. Yeah, I think so, I think so. Can you get us to 10K? I think we can, together. Okay. If people who are tuning in on audio, if you can do us a favor and just go on YouTube and subscribe there as well. Yeah, you just, yeah. Yeah, that way you can get some of our jokes when we talk about our centerpieces, Correct. right? If you yeah. go and watch us. Yes. And then... Tell a friend, share it, like it, yep. send it to clients. Like if this is an episode, like why not just like take a, a link yeah. and be like, hey, you should check this out. By the way, subscribe. They're yeah. cool dudes. They want you to do that. Yeah, that's all, all right. right. There's a there's our little, spiel. There's a little call to action. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, the website that we launched a month ago is tloponline.com, also the loanofficerpodcast.com. Mm -hmm. And when you go there, it's look, it's a, a very heavy, deep, intense website that you can get lost on for hours. Mm -hmm. We developed it like that on purpose. Mm -hmm. We have links to industry news and updates. We have specific videos that you can't get by listening or watching our podcast. Yeah. You can only get it by going to the website. Some of those videos are free. Premium. Some of those videos, we're gonna ask you to make a monthly donation because that donation is what helps pay off yeah. the debt I'm in, that call from, from building the website. Like right. you look at the website, it wasn't free. Yeah. It costs a lot of money. Yeah. And it's also gonna cost us a lot of money to keep it going. Right. And we had these grand ideas of being able to like host live events yeah. and to up our social media game. But we can't do any of those things mm -hmm. if we're not raising the capital that it's going to take to invest in it. Correct. So that's why we're asking certain people. And then we're trying to give you value for it. Absolutely. To me, the biggest value, I think, is the online community. Right. Like think of Reddit, mm -hmm. right? Think of Facebook private groups mm -hmm. to be able to go on and have a community of T-loppers that you belong to where you can ask scenario questions, you can ask career questions, you can ask scripting questions, and then we'll make sure that John and I are in there monitoring it, but some of our friends who are uh -huh. subject matter experts, Smeeze. yeah, people like the Andy Burtons and the Molly and Adus and the Mike Smalleys of the world mm -hmm. are in there and we can, Ben Davises, mm -hmm. we can start actually having subject matter experts who can help right. as well as the community yeah. can also respond. Yeah, for sure. So that's something you only get for, for premium. So you're saying that this printout that you're creating yeah. will be available. You can print it out to yeah. follow along at home, right. but we're going to ask you to sign up and uh, become a premium member. Yeah. If not, then here, here's the best part. We're giving you the free stuff yeah. today Just on listen, this episode. Listen to it over and over and yeah. over again. And Views get, count. Get out, get out your, uh, your Bic pen and yeah. uh, pad of paper and, and get, get crazy. You ready to go? So in order, in order, in, in the essence of time, if, I'm Jesus, this is going to be a long episode. No, like, I'm going to throw it out there. No. All right. If you, you if you if you just like highlight just high level. High level. We're ready? All right. We're rapid fire. Rapid fire. John, you start. This is going to be in alphabetical order, right? All right. Yep. All right. right let's I go. I hope so. Okay. ATR. Ability to repay. So basically think about this. 
back during the financial collapse, we didn't have certain rules and regulations. The Dodd-Frank Act was created as um, a byproduct of the of the mortgage meltdown. Mm -hmm. And then they came out with these QM rules, qualified mortgage. They also came out with ATR, ability to repay. That's basically lenders have to give a conscious, good faith effort to make sure that they are properly underwriting borrowers mm -hmm. who are applying for mortgages to make sure that they actually have the ability to repay this loan. Mm. It means we're verifying income, we're verifying assets, we're making sure that they can afford the loan, we're making sure the DTI is in line. That is a rough DO version of what is ATR, it's the ability to repay. AUS. Ooh, AUS, Automated Underwriting System, Auto Automated Underwriting Software, hey, interchange the S, it's DU, which is desktop underwriter by Fannie Mae. It is LPA, which is, um, used to be LP, loan prospector. Mm -hmm. uh, LPA now stands for John. Don't, come on, bro. Loans. It's right there on the form, John. No, it's not, I don't, come on, man. It's not on there? No, this is the old one. Don't put me on oh. I get nervous. Like <laughs> you asked me, come on, man. I wasn't here to turn on my brain. My brain is loan going Loan product advisor. Oh, yeah, I wasn't. Loan product okay, advisor. Thank you. Okay. That's good. I wasn't. Um, loan you. prospector back in the day, loan product advisor. So just know. Newer people, you're learning LPA. Old school vets may still say right. LP. It's Freddie Mac's proprietary software. Okay. Basically, mortgage underwriting rules are written as X. Maximum DTI of 41 or maximum DTI of 36, whatever they were written as. Mm -hmm. But then these algorithms were, were created. These computer softwares were created. Now we can input consumer data into that software, run it, and it'll give us an approval. And normally that approval may be at a higher debt-to-income ratio than what the book says. Right. Or it may give us documentation waivers. Maybe the book says we need two years of tax returns and two years of W-2s and 60 days of, of bank statements, but we run it through AUS, and AUS is like, oh, no, we just need one month bank statement. Mm. Oh, we just need one year tax returns. So it also gives you documentation waivers as well as it allows lenders to move forward with loans that typically may have not been eligible oh. um, if you had to do what was called a manual underwrite. There's another one that's used called GUS, and GUS is for USDA loans. So you would run a USDA loan through GUS, you'd run a Fannie Mae conventional loan through uh, DU, a Freddie Mac conventional loan through LPA, and then FHA and VA loans, you can run both LPA and DU. Mm. Yep, they both, both of those loan products will allow a loan originator to run. And most times you have to run it. Like we don't manually underwrite really any loans anymore, like maybe less than 1%. 99% okay. of every conforming loan will be run through some form of an AUS. And even some non-conforming, some jumbo loans are also run through AUS. But on a jumbo loan, I've noticed like 50% of the loans, you can run AUS and follow AUS. The other 50% are more manual underwritten. Okay. Yep. Nice. All right. CD. Oh, closing disclosure. Okay. Yeah, it's the document that goes out to the consumer. At, at you know, actually has to go out like three days before closing, or has right. to go out ten days before closing, depending on if you're going to do assumptive delivery or whether it's not going to be uh, electronic delivery. Mm -hmm. But that's the document that actually shows them at closing the details of their of their financial transaction. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, we called a CD back in the day. It was called a HUD. Really? HUD one. Yeah, it was a HUD one. Okay. Or a settlement statement. But with uh, with changes and regulations and new regulations, it's a CD, a closing disclosure. Right. Everyone's favorite three letters in the mortgage industry. C Say that again, John. Oh, this, God, time, really. th this time, take the marbles <laughs> out of your mouth. 
everyone's favorite three letters in the mortgage industry. You know what's interesting? You have this beautiful baritone voice. Mm -hmm. You should like uh, you, you should like lean into it more well, often. Well, according to some listeners, you don't give me no time to talk. That was, <laughs> that was, that was for you, bada bomb, but it's not it's by design. Hey, it's not just you, John. I have that problem in general. It's fine. Yes. See, I, I am cognizant of it. You are, people fine. know that I am cognizant of it. But people also need to know I'm not I'm not a certified mortgage advisor. I don't have uh, an NMLS number. Like I'm just here. I'm just like I'm an average Joe named John. Just John. Just John. All right. So say it again. CTC. CTC, the favorite three letters in the mortgage <laughs> industry. Clear to close, homie. That's the best thing you can hear. It's music to your ears. That means your file is fully approved, right? It means that we verified income, we verified assets, reviewed the appraisal, the title works good. We are clear to close. I have a question for you. Yes. Can you get clear to close and then something goes sideways? And it yes. Okay. Yes. The guy's name was Lowell. Lowell. Okay. Lowell up in Jacksonville. One of my first clients back in like 2004, 2005, right? Okay. Like I worked his lead like religiously, I called this dude and called this dude mm -hmm. and called this. Dude. I finally got him to do not just one loan with me, but three loans with me. Right. On the third loan, and he was buying all these investment properties back in 2005. The third loan, we call him. We're like, "Lol, great, great news. We're clear to close." It was like being like record time, like ten days before closing. Okay. Homeboy goes and quits his job. Antonio Browns it. Yeah, Antonio Browns. He yeah, okay. quits his job, okay. middle of the game, <laughs> and um. We still had to do a verbal verification. Uh -oh. We still had to verbally pick up the phone and call his call his boss and be like, hey, does Lowell still work there? Like, nah, man, he's going to just quit. No way. Yeah. So. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Um, yeah. So, there's, so you can receive your CTC and there's still some things that go on behind the scenes. Okay. Um, like you have to do what's called, this is not an acronym on there that we should add, LQI, Loan Quality Initiative. Literally, I'm writing We, we should also add LLPA. I don't think LLPA is on there. LQI? LQI, yeah. LQI is a Loan Quality Initiative. Okay. This is a bonus item, boys okay. and girls. Yeah. Um, so LQI is where we have to do a soft credit report on a consumer anywhere between three to 10 days before their loan closes to make sure they didn't go out and like, Go on a shopping spree, yeah. buy a brand new boat. Um, you mm. know, so nothing adverse has impacted their their application as it was underwritten. Ah. Yeah. So like you could get a CTC, but you still need an LQI to happen. And if you got your CTC like super early, like let's say it was a 45 day contract and I got you clear to close within three weeks. Mm -hmm. Well, I can't do the LQI because the LQI has to be done depending on the loan product and the investor and the lender has to be done anywhere between three days before closing or 10 days before yeah. closing. I go to run the LQI, then all of a sudden, it's like, wah, 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 wah. whoa, whoa, what happened here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. So anyhow, that's CTC. What's next? All right. Uh, COE. COE. So this is for our um, VA loans. Yeah. Certificate of eligibility. Yeah. So in order to do a VA loan, whether it's for, you know, it's active duty or usually veterans, mm -hmm. you know, typically is how we do them. Um, you have to see, make sure they're, they're eligible. Mm. So you order a COE. Typically all you need on a COE is like their name, their date of birth and their social, you, your processor, your loan officer assistant, what have you will go into the VA portal and you can order it back in the day. We'd get the, if it's a, a veteran, right. Versus active duty would get their DD 214, mm. which is their discharge paperwork. Mm -hmm. Anymore, you rarely need the DD-214. You just need the name, the social, the date of birth. And then uh, you can go in the VA portal. You can order a COE. This best practice, you should do this at pre-approval just to make sure that your veteran is really eligible for a VA loan. Because not everyone is. Maybe they were a reservist and they didn't do enough time. Maybe right. you know they were dishonorably discharged. Maybe they had a prior VA loan that went into short sale foreclosure and they lost some of their eligibility. Mm. Your COE will also show you things like 
are they ex uh, extinct? Are they? They're not extinct. <laughs> right. They're not extinct. But um, are they? Um, what's the word? Um, exempt. Exempt. Thank you. Okay, are they right. exempt from paying the funding fee? Right. Right. So there's COE. What's right. next? D1C. D1C. I love me some D1C. You okay. down with D1C? Yeah, you know me. Yeah, you know me. Day one certainty. Okay. So day one certainty is Fannie Mae's proprietary technology that allows lenders to perform the funding of loans with various documentation waivers. Mm. So it's our ability to utilize income verification services like the work number to, to go out into the meta <laughs> and to, instead of getting someone's pay stubs, W-2s and tax returns, just verify electronically their income directly through their employer, directly through the IRS, and have that information feed right into our loan origination software. Mm. Same thing goes for their assets. So we can go and electronically as access their assets, maybe through a technology like Finicity, okay. and then have that go directly into our loan origination software. So therefore I don't need to obtain bank statements. Mm. Then I can run a consumer's loan application through AUS, mm. so through DU on this one, mm -hmm. and my income's validated, my assets are validated, and I never once had to ask the consumer to send me income documents or asset documents. Oh. So day one certainty is Fannie Mae's technology. Mm. Freddie Mac has a technology. We don't have this on the sheet either called AIM. A, I think it's A-I-M. And I don't know what that acronym actually means. I had mm -hmm. to look that up. Okay. We use D1C a lot mm -hmm. here at our branch. I don't think we use AIM enough, mm. but it's the same idea, right? Okay. Just like LPA is Freddie Mac's AUS and DU is Fannie Mae's AUS. Mm -hmm. AIM is Freddie Mac's D1C. Nice. Right? But it stands for day one certainty. It's where the industry is trying to go. Because mm -hmm. imagine if I could do a loan for you where I receive income validated electronically, assets validated electronically, and maybe based on your profile and your down payment, I also get a PIW. I don't know if that acronym is on here, but <laughs> add PIW on here. That's a property inspection waiver, or basically we don't need an appraisal. So I could do a loan for John Coleman without ever having you have to have you send me mm -hmm. income or asset documents, nor do I have to order an appraisal. I now just took a 30 day closing <laughs> and I narrowed it down to probably about 14 or 15 days because you still want to do your home inspection and the title company still has to do all the title work. Mm -hmm. But that's the direction the industry is trying to go. Gotcha. And I could guess probably about a third of our borrowers in the next three to five years, we'll probably go through the system that smoothly. Nice. All right, what's next? DTI. Debt to income ratio. What is good to know is there are two types of DTIs, a front end ratio and a back end ratio. Okay, the, the front end is just taking your estimated monthly payment, that's PITI plus any HOA or condo dues and dividing it by your gross monthly income. That's a front end ratio. The back end ratio is taking that same PITI, which by the way is PITI on our form. Adding it to the PITI, prop, uh, uh, principal interest taxes and insurances. Insurances is both your hazard or homeowner's insurance, as well as any mortgage insurance. Do you have HOI on there? HOI, homeowner's insurance. If nope. you don't add it, add HOI, homeowner's insurance. It's an acronym that we use on the daily. Okay, but on the back end ratio, we're talking about DTI, mm -hmm. it's taking that that monthly housing payment, PITI plus HOA dues or condo dues, where applicable, mm -hmm. plus all your other debts, child support, alimony, car loan, boat loan, credit card, student loans, mm -hmm. all of those debts, 
and then dividing that number by your gross monthly income. Mm -hmm. So we have a front end, which is just the housing expense. The back end is housing expense plus all their debts. Mm -hmm. Both are divided by the gross monthly income. Is there one that's better than the other to like use when trying to? Well, a lot of times we we speak about DTI. We're speaking about the, the back end. Okay. But there are many times your back end DTI may be in line, but your front end's too high. Mm -hmm. Someone has no debt, but there are certain loan programs that um, no matter how great AUS is and how great, how strong the borrower is, like I'm not gonna be able to get an FHA loan through AUS if my front end ratio is 48%, hmm. right? Although I can I can get an FHA loan through AUS typically at a 55 or 56 DTI if the borrower is strong enough, mm -hmm. if the front end ratio is over 47 or 48 or typically 45, then hmm. uh, I could find out that uh, I can't, can't move forward. So if we just think of back in DTI, we could get caught with our pants down once or twice. Nice. Yep. DPA. DPA, down payment assistance. So down payment assistance, typically uh, it's not getting a gift from mom or dad that's not considered DPA. Okay. Down payment assistance is uh, typically going to some kind of a government agency. Like in the state of Florida, we use Florida housing all the time, or mm. you'll hear people call them HFAs. Okay. Um, sometimes you'll have the counties will have their various uh, down payment assistance programs or grants that certain borrowers, usually first time home buyers and usually people who um, are low to moderate income, mm -hmm. by the way, LMI, low to moderate income, go ahead and write that down, John, we need to add that to the list. Mm -hmm. um, but people who are, who are low to moderate income, first time home buyers, they can qualify for DPA, which is down payment assistance. Okay, next up, EMD. Oh, earnest money deposit? Mm -hmm is is the way that I know EMD. Mm -hmm. um, some people call it an escrow deposit. Some people uh, call it a security deposit. Okay. Okay. It's basically the money that a home buyer gives to a home seller when the contract is first being executed, right? It's like, hey, John, you're the seller, I'm the buyer. Mm -hmm. Hey, John, I'm serious about buying your house. Here's my offer. And you accept my offer, but you're like, hey, Dustin, I'm not going to take my home off the market mm -hmm. unless you give me some kind of a security deposit, uh, right? A good faith deposit, mm -hmm. um, an EMD earnest money deposit, right. an escrow deposit, mm -hmm. depending on what part of the country you're in or just who the realtor is, right. all of those terms are interchangeable, right? Think um, Vaseline and petroleum jelly. Right. Think, you know, cotton swab and Q-tip. Yeah, like, right, right. All the same thing. Gotcha. That's all the same thing. It's money that the buyer is giving the seller to hold in ransom. And typically the seller doesn't hold it. It's hold, held by a third party. Mm -hmm. That's where that term escrow deposit comes from because the term escrow typically denotes it's being held by a third party, right. such as a title company or a closing attorney. That just says, as a buyer, John, if I don't fulfill my contractual duties, you can that money's being held in ransom. You can, you can keep it because you need to be paid for your troubles, mm. right? So that is, we use the term EMD or escrow money deposit or earnest money deposit, pretty interchangeable. Gotcha. FHA. He's taking a sip of water, ladies and gentlemen. No, uh, FHA, I'm taking a sip of water. <laughs> That's right, for those that aren't watching <laughs> yeah, yeah. this on YouTube. Yeah. Um, Federal Housing Agency. Yeah. Yeah, You're I mean- baby, don't, don't scare me. Federal Housing Agency, I mean, we all know, I mean, FHA loans, right? That's what that is. Right. It's an FHA loan, three and a half percent down, primary home, like uh, pay your UFMIT, pay your MMI. We'll cover both those later. Uh, but that's pretty simple. If you don't know FHA, then, you know, you're very new at this job. Okay, um, let's go with this. You answered those. Uh, HUD, H-U-D. HUD is housing, the Department yes. of Housing Urban Development. Right. So this is the government agency that, that creates housing policy 
um, for loans like FHA. Okay. Right. That's, you know, when, when people are like, oh yeah, that's, that's HUD, that's FHA. It's kind of one and the same, okay. but FHA is, is, is one of the subsidiaries that HUD uh, controls, manages, and dictates. Gotcha. But HUD in general, like what is their mission? Mm -hmm. HUD's mission is to um, create opportunities for people to to purchase housing or to have affordable housing. Because gotcha. HUD's not just purchasing housing like FHA loans are. HUD would also be helping people uh, with with rental or rental uh, assistance. Okay. Yeah, like that is it's the Department of Housing and Urban Development. Mm -hmm. It's it's truly a way to promote housing, whether it's you're renting it or whether you're owning it. Uh, LE, loan estimate. So yeah. back in the day, you had what was called a GFE, mm. a good faith estimate. Right. Yeah. Like GFE is a thing in the past. Old school vets will still ask for a GFE, but we've moved over to an LE with TRID like years and years ago at this point. Mm. But um, an LE is what you're going to give to a borrower once that borrower has made formal loan application and you've hit all six triggers that are required to produce an LE. And it's just a general estimate of what the rate is going to be, what the payment's going to be, and what the total costs are going to be. Mm. The LE is what you give up front. The CD is what you get at the end. Ah, Yep. It's a, good way to it's a loan estimate. LE. Okay, um, let's go with this. You should know with all this stuff. LTV. Loan to value. Yes. So loan to value. You're borrowing X amount of dollars based on either a sales price or an appraised value. Mm. Loan to value is going to be derived off of the lower of the two, purchase price or appraised value. Mm. Right? So it's going to be, well, John, your loan amount is 300 and the purchase price and the appraised value is 300 what would your LTV be? It would be 100%, mm. right? You're buying, you're, you're loan, you're borrowing 300 and the, the, the home is worth 300 and the purchase and, and the appraised value is 300. Like, mm. but when you're buying the home for 300 and it appraises for 300, but your loan amount is only 150, then your LTV or loan to value is 50%, mm -hmm. right? Take $150,000 divided up by 300. But where it gets tricky is when you have an appraisal come in over a purchase price, you're not going to run your loan to value off of the appraised value because it's higher than the purchase price. Mm -hmm. You would run your loan to value off of the purchase price. If your loan to value comes, if your appraised value comes in below, which is happening a lot in today's market, then you're not going to run your LTV or your loan to value off of the purchase price. You have to run it off the appraised value because that's the lower of the two. Mm. You're buying the home for 300, it appraises for, for 290. Your loan to value is going to be derived off of 290. And what's imperative is when we talk about 3% down, when we talk about 5% down, 10% down, whatever the minimum down payment requirements are for certain loan programs, mm -hmm. we're running that off of off of the lower of the two purchase price or appraised value. Mm -hmm. Right? That's that and that's how we're deriving that borrower's LTV or loan to value. Is that important LTV and very important. Like you you got to know LTV DTI up front. Like that's yeah. that's like the very basics of understanding how to qualify someone for financing mm -hmm. is, you know, well, what's the LTV? What's the DTI? How do I calculate income? Mm. Nice. Uh, let's go with this LOX. Letter of explanation. I've seen some newer people start calling it an LOE mm -hmm. for a letter of explanation. We've always, I mean, for 20 years, it's been LOX. Okay. A letter of explanation is typically asked for by the underwriter when there's something about that borrower or that applicant's file that it's just not all adding up. It doesn't mean that it's it's fraudulent. It doesn't mean that uh, the loan's gonna get denied. It just means like, hey, 
will you write a letter of explanation to kind of walk us through these certain things? Like I've done LOXs from someone where a guy had a $12,000 deposit that we couldn't source. It was cash. Hmm. It was cash because he literally had hit it big at the casino. Oh, no, no, okay. Yeah. So the under is like, I just need something that makes me just feel good yeah, yeah, yeah. that I want to put in the file that look, you're putting your John Hancock on this. It's dated, mm -hmm. et cetera. And it was like, to whom a concern on this date while at this conference in this city, no I was at this casino, at which point I hit it big. Yeah, hit it big. And this was me depositing the money, right? And LOX could be, well, hey, please explain to me why you had a gap of employment. Like, I just, I just want to explain why was this gap of employment or why are you on your third job in two years? Mm. Uh, I've had to do an LOX from a veteran borrower who was willing to pay 320 for a home that paid that, that, um, that only appraised for, for, for 300. <laughs> and his, his LOX was to him a concern. I understand and recognize I am paying $20,000 over appraised value. This home is over improved, which is the reason why my wife and I fell in love with it, right? People do that to their homes. Yeah. They over improve it. Crazy landscaping and mm -hmm. crazy uh, irrigation yeah. systems. Well, it's over-improved. That doesn't, that doesn't maybe necessarily bring value mm. from a monetary standpoint, but it brought value because that was the reason why they wanted to buy that house. Right. So that's like three examples of where you would utilize an LOX or a letter of explanation. Perfect. Um, OB? So OB is uh, Optimal Blue. Right. We use that a lot here at Waterstone because right. that's our pricing engine. Okay. And I would say that in my guess, 50% of the mortgage industry prices out loans mm. anymore utilizing software, utilizing technology. Okay. And OB is probably the most um, popular, okay. right? It's probably the one that has the number one market share and, and is used the most. Okay. So we just around the office, the reason why that's on your form is around the office. People are like, oh yeah, just hop in OB. Uh-huh. You know, oh, well, we, we just hop in OB and price it out real quick. Optimal Blue, that's OB. Always, okay, yep. nice. Um, OTP. OTP? Offer to purchase. Yes, yeah. It's a sales contract. Okay. Yeah, you're looking for a sales contract, but... Um, People will also call a sales contract an offer to purchase. Okay. But it's it's literally, you know, John, I submitted an offer to you as the buyer. You're the seller. Mm -hmm. uh, you countered my offer. And then I countered back and you countered back. And finally, we agreed. Mm. Right? And I wrote that that check for my EMD. <laughs> so yeah. Yep. That, that's your, your OTPs, your offer to purchase, or your, or your executed sales contracts. Yeah. Okay. Um, PUD. PUD, mm -hmm. Planned Unit Development. Mm -hmm. So when I think of PUD, I think of townhomes. Oh, okay. Uh, when I think of PUD, I think of my own community. So I live in a gated community. Mm -hmm. And so that is considered a planned unit devel uh, development. We have a mandatory HOA or homeowners association. Although I don't live in a townhome, it is still a single family home community. Um, and it's it's a planned unit development because we have a master HOA that's mandatory. Right. Um, QM. Qualified mortgage. I mentioned this earlier, probably at the beginning of this episode. Yeah. Where, yeah, part of the Dodd-Frank Act that created the CFPB after the mortgage meltdown is we realized, hey, we need to make sure that we're doing what are called qualified mortgages so that we stop doing bad mortgages. Mm. So a qualified mortgage is the mortgage that that meets certain standards as uh, required per the CFPB. Right. Um, let's go REO. Ooh, real estate owned. This one's very interesting because if you're taking a loan application or you're filling out a loan application because you're a consumer, then your lender needs to know all of the real estate owned. That's what REO stands for that you have, right? So John, you have a rental property in uh, Winter Springs, Florida, plus you have a, uh, a cabin up in Blairsville, Georgia, and you have a condo down in Clearwater Beach. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, we need, when you're filling out a loan application with us, 
we need you to fill out your REO. We need to know what other properties do you own? Mm. Even if you own them free and clear, there's still gonna be some kind of association dues mm. or real estate taxes or homeowners insurance mm. you're paying those properties. And those are debts we have to count against you. Mm. So I need you to, to, to fill out your REO on your ERLA, your Uniform Residential Loan Application. You can speak in Formerly on known as a 1003. Right. Okay. And that is 10 yeah. O oh. three. three. But really, when you look at it, it's 1003. Yeah. It's not a 1003. Mm -hmm. It is a, yeah. yeah, it is a, it's a 1003. All right. Um, but REO also, okay. also, back in the day when 50% of every loan that we were, uh, or every home that people were buying was owned, mm -hmm by a company, a corporation, mm -hmm. right? It was being sold by Fannie Mae because the home had gone on foreclosure, being sold by Bank of America because Bank of America was forced to, to buy Countrywide and Countrywide did a ton of bad loans back in the day and those loans went bad. Mm -hmm. Then we would state, well, what type of property is that? Oh, it's an REO. Well, REO is just me, a way for me to know who the seller was. Mm -hmm. The seller wasn't John Coleman. It wasn't an individual, it was a company. And it was a company that had to foreclose on that property and now they're selling it. So I was buying, I was buying an REO. Now that REO could have been a condo. It could have been a townhome. It could have been a single family home. Mm. It was just more of a way of denoting that the seller was a corporation or a bank. Mm. And then you would have certain, um, realtors like, oh yeah, I'm an REO agent. What does that mean? I'm all right. It means I specifically only sell homes on behalf of banks and lenders mm. or corporations that had to foreclose on these properties. I specialize in selling foreclosures. Hmm. So that, that REO, it stands for real estate owned, but it definitely has multiple uses throughout our industry. Right. Um, VOM. Verification of mortgage. So depending on the year, what's happening in our world, the loan product, there are times that we actually have to verify someone's mortgage. Hey, John, I need to verify that you, you actually aren't in forbearance. Hey, John, I need to verify that you've made at least your past six months on time. Hey, John, I need to verify that you've made your mortgage payment on time for the past 12 months. It's a verification of mortgage. Mm. It's usually a, a um, process that is started by a mortgage processor as a way of, of going through the, the process <clears throat> of getting someone approved. Oh. Yep, VOM. Okay. VOD. VOD, verification of deposit. Mm -hmm. This is a lender's way of reaching out to your bank or financial institution to have them fill out specifics regarding your banking history over the past 60 days, typically. Mm -hmm. So let's say John Coleman can't obtain his bank statement for whatever reason, and I can't utilize technology to access it, mm -hmm. which we a lot of times can. Then there's a form that my processor can send to your bank and your banking institution and they can fill out things like current balance, average balance, mm. starting balance, gotcha. put your name and your, your account. So a VOD is another way of verifying someone's um, assets, verification of deposits. Right. Well, there's some we left off, but my question is- you, What, I, that was all of them? No, there's no, I mean, I skipped some like driver's license. Like I didn't ask you driver's license, DL. Oh man, which ones did you skip? Uh, flip. FL, I like the flip, flip when the things you told me to take off. Oh, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Stuff, stuff, yeah. yeah. But no, we had it. But my question to you, I mean, there's some other ones. UFMIP. UFMIP, upfront mortgage insurance premium. That's your favorite. I love that one. That is your that, favorite. Upfront. So on an FHA loan, you have two types of mortgage insurances, mm -hmm. right? You have your MMI, which is monthly mortgage insurance. And by the way, do you know why it's called MMI? Because it's paid monthly. Well, okay, <laughs> correct. 
But like we know, we all know what PMI is, right? PMI stands for private mortgage insurance. Uh, okay. Okay. Private mortgage insurance is what someone has to pay when they're not putting 20% down, okay. typically on a conventional loan, right? And PMI protects lenders against a borrower going into fault, mm. right? If you go into fault and I'm a lender and your loan has PMI, then I can submit a claim to have that insurance company reimburse me for my losses. Mm. But a government, I mean, an FHA loan is a government loan. Well, there's nothing private about a government loan. Therefore, you can't really say it's PMI on a government loan because there's nothing private about it. Right. So we use the term MMI for monthly mortgage insurance. But UFMIP is an upfront mortgage insurance premium. Currently, it's 1.75% of the base loan amount. So, John, you are uh, buying a home for $200,000. You're utilizing FHA loan. You're putting down 3.5%, which 3.5% is, I think, seven grand. Mm -hmm. So you're putting down $7,000, but there's a premium of you take that $193,000 loan amount, which we call your base loan amount, you times it by 1.75%, that's your UFMIP, and we roll that into your loan amount. So technically you're not borrowing 193, mm. you're borrowing $193,000 plus that 1.75% UFMIP, mm. upfront mortgage insurance premium. Nice. Um, LLPA, you told me to write it down. Yeah, loan level pricing adjustment. This is fantastic for literally home buyers and borrowers to know, mm -hmm. and, and lenders need to know this, and realtors need to know this. Like loan level pricing adjustments is basically risk-based pricing. You can Google right now, Fannie Mae LLPA chart, yeah, and, yeah. and you can actually see, this would be something great for y'all to put on TLOP online. I think it's up there. Is it up yeah, there already? I think you told me, yeah, cause yeah. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. okay, yeah. yeah. So like if you go to tloponline.com, we, 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 and we're just getting started. Like yeah. we have all these ideas, but there's only one John, there's only one Dennis and John has a whole nother job and Dennis doesn't work for us. Dennis is a contractor that we have to pay money to, yeah. but, um, I think it's under sales tools, yeah. like, but un under sales tools. And most of this should be under the freemium and not the yeah, premium. Yeah, most yeah. of this is under free, but, um, yeah, you can pull up the LLPA chart, mm -hmm. but a loan level pricing adjustment would be like, Oh, Hey John, your credit score is a 680, not a 760. Therefore, there's a loan level pricing adjustment to your rate. Mm -hmm. Hey, John, you're buying a condo and not a single family home. Well, there's a loan level pricing adjustment to that, meaning a higher interest rate because it's a risk-based pricing model. Mm -hmm. Hey, John, you're buying an investment property and not a primary home, mm -hmm. right? So those are all LLPAs. They impact the consumer's ultimate interest rate, but it's, it's derived from Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac, they all have LLPAs. Mm. Yep. Damn. What else did you have written down? LQI? Did you? you yeah, we, we talked about loan quality. Pity, oh, P-I-T-I. Yeah, P-I-T-I, principal interest taxes and Insur insurance. That is someone's complete mortgage payment. So when, when you're applying for a home loan, right, or I'm qualifying someone for a home loan, then when we're talking about your payment, we're not one of these marketing and advertising sites. They're like, you can buy this $300,000 house for 1200 bucks a month. We're like, no, that's 1200 bucks. If you put 20% down, you don't have to pay PMI, and it doesn't include real estate taxes, homeowner's insurance, nor um, homeowner's insurance, right? Homeowner's yeah. insurance. So PITI is principal interest, taxes, mm -hmm. insurance, mm -hmm. and insurance is both homeowner's insurance as well as PMI where, where required, mm -hmm. and then potentially HOA That's dues or condo dues, That's right? Like, but yeah, so PITI, principal interest, taxes, and insurance. LMI? Did you talk about that? Yeah, loader moderate income. Oh, okay. Yeah, loader moderate. So if, if we look at every, and you can Google all of this, but every metro area has their own median household income. Mm -hmm. So a, a an LMI loan would be one in which would be somewhere between 80%, 100%, or even up to 120% 
of the Aryan, the area median income. Mm. Um, so AMI. Mm. Yep. Okay. Bro, that's, that's a, you went through a lot. Did we really we crush that? I mean, you did, because even if you asked me what real words stood for, I wouldn't be able to answer it like you did. So my question is, how did you learn all that? It's how you learn anything. You do it. You get out and do it, right? You, you, you can't sit back and try to be like, oh, I need to memorize this and be right. able to rattle off the way Dio just did. No, you, you learn by doing. That's my encouragement. That's a great way to wrap this up. Like, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, do your best to always be learning. Do your best to become a good educator yourself. Like I have found the more I teach, the better I actually become as a professional, mm -hmm. because if I can learn something well enough to explain it to somebody else, right. then I know it that much deeper and that, that much more sincere. Mm -hmm. Right. So, but you got to get out there and do, you can't be like, Oh, until I know all the programs right. and products and guidelines. No, you're never going to know all the programs and products and guidelines. I mean, I just stood up on Wednesday and tried to teach a class <laughs> and I did my best. Right. But what I realized teaching that class is that, Although I live it and although I, I, I've been doing it for almost 20 right. years, it's still a lot for me to retain. There's still certain things I need to go out and, and, and research and look up. I just tend to want to know enough to get me going. Mm -hmm. And then when a consumer or a referral source asks me a question, I'll give them the answer the best way that I can remember it. And then I'm going to go look it up. The more I look things up, the more I, I practice, the more I put it into play, the more proficient I become, right. but you just got to get out there and do it. And you, you got to be not afraid to make a mistake. You got to be not afraid to say, Hey, I don't necessarily know that answer or man, I once used to dominate that, but this is the first time I've heard this question in seven years. Hmm. Let me go do a little bit of research and get back to you. I think this is what the answer is, but I can't remember for sure. And I don't want to steer you in the wrong direction. Right. And then obviously if you are doing this and you're doing this at a high level, and you're doing this consistently, you'll get that much better than those people who aren't doing it consistently, aren't doing it at a high level. Right. And by high level, meaning are you dedicating eight, 10 hours a day to your craft? Or are you trying to do this only two or three hours a day? Mm. The person who's dedicating eight, eight to 10 hours a day to anything, whether it's playing guitar or playing golf or mm. training for half marathons, mm. those that dedicate themselves to it will become much better than those that don't. Right. Well, and that's sir. just, and then if you're a consumer, this is why you need an advisor in your back pocket. Yeah. Your job is not the mortgage industry. You're not, your job is not selling and buying real estate. Mm -hmm. Your job is whatever your job is. You need to find people that you trust in your local community and, and rely on them to be the expert, ask them questions, but you shouldn't sit back and listen to this episode a hundred times. You should listen to this episode once or twice and then reach out to someone who can do what I just did. And you're like, all right, yeah, that's who I want to trust right. with the largest purchase of my, of my life. Make sense? Makes sense. Awesome. Well, thank you all for tuning in. I hope I hope this is something that you found very beneficial. Yeah. And if you did, share it. Please share it. Then like us and go on, on our website and all of our uh, social handles mm. at the Loan Officer Podcast. If you ever want to connect with me, LinkedIn is the best way to connect with me. Bees knees. It is the number one way. If there's acronyms that we missed and yep. you think we should add them, please, we'd love to hear yeah, from you. Please comment. Tell us. I'm pretty sure we missed one or two, so feel free to tell us what we missed. And I mean, we picked up half a dozen just, just, just by, by doing... sitting down here. Right. Yes, but you know, this particular um, handout that we're going to have up on tlifeonline.com, it can be organic. It's it can grow. be yeah. Yeah, dynamic yeah. and ever ever evolving. Yeah. So we, we, we'd love to hear from you. Like I know my buddy Aaron Quartz. Shout out to Aaron. He's uh, in the Pacific Northwest, works for Caliber Home Loans. Like he taught me a new term. What's that? Going mutual. What's that? We, 
I was like, yo, mutual, like, like you and your wife of 20 years or yeah, what, something different. Yeah. What's going on? Yeah. Going steady. Like my yeah, parents, right. my parents were like, oh, I remember when your going dad steady. asked me to go, go steady. steady. Yeah. Name? But, uh, mutual is, is, um, like under, under contract. Oh. Hey, I'm under contract. That's what we say in the Southeast. Hey, I'm under contract. Yeah. But he taught me a new term, which is going mutual. We're going mutual. Yep. And then like out in California, they're like, oh yeah, we're in escrow. Like, well, what, what does that mean? I'm in escrow. Well, out there, it just means that we have uh, officially consummated the contract mm -hmm. and uh, we're waiting to close. Hmm. We're in escrow. Right. Yeah. So hmm. cool stuff. But we'd love to hear from you. Thank you for tuning in. He's John Coleman. I'm Dustin Owen. That's all the time we have for you today. But we'll catch you on the next episode. Peace.